Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello, 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 Internet. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up show. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. We got chat hanging out with us live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. If you'd like to join us sometime, we'd love to have you. Head on over to readycheckradio.com. You can check out the backlog of every episode of every show we've ever done, including this one and our Relic Grind and Snowbound and all that fun stuff. And all the socials are in the right-hand corner so you can follow us and listen to us everywhere. iTunes, YouTube, on the site, wherever. Wherever you're at, give it a like, a subscribe. Turn on those notifications, thumbs up, leave a comment, let us know what you think of some of the topics we discussed today. We got a lot of stuff going on, and joining me to do it, Troy Blackburn, the new fridge. What's up, boss? You know, for those who watch us over on MMO Bomb, yes, I am wearing the same clothes I was yesterday. It just is what it is, okay? I hadn't noticed. Uh, I, I'm too worried about the red mark above my lip, and I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm a caveman, apparently, when it comes to shaving, and took a big chunk of skin out yesterday. So, uh, got to deal with it. You know how it is. Also on the line, not wearing the same clothes as yesterday. Well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't know. And not no, no. not, not, not uh, having any shaving wounds. Looking dapper there. No, no. It's Yod, right. resident artist of Ready Check Radio. What's I, up, boss? I mean, I, I do have that Asian blood, which means I only need to shave maybe once a month. Ah, <laughs> gotcha. So the, gotcha. there is that. And, and I don't even have enough hairs to shave. I have the wife pluck it for me. Yeah, I'm going to have to get me some of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have to give me some of that. Uh, I can. I get some of that Asian blood. <laughs> <laughs> like I could do a mustache and a goatee. I can't do full beard. Like the sides, yeah, the chops, is... they grow in in like six hairs, and I start looking like a cat. But I can right, do. This... I can do a mustache and goatee. I can rock like a Troy right now. But Troy, I, I've seen you where you just let it all go and you get full beard. You you're able to do it a lot better than I am. Yeah, the only reason mine's down right now is because I gapped it the other day, so I had to trim it all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> at least you didn't take off skin i guess no that's <laughs> true off skin hey that is important so there's like obviously the gaming world's kind of a mess right now it's just kind in of a lot a of ways in a lot of ways right like we have all the different lawsuits and things like that going on and then obviously like layoffs in 2023 oh. were bad and in 2024 they have just continued to get worse we are very quickly approaching the number of layoffs we had all last year in 2024 already like we are quickly approaching that number it's not good to see we're going to talk about one or two a little later but i didn't i didn't want the whole show to be about that stuff right i do want to talk about fun stuff in gaming so i figured let's bring up a controversial topic like emulation why not Yay. <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let's do it why? Well, if you've oh. been watching the news this past week, Nintendo is actually going after the makers of the Yuzu emulator. Yuzu is an emulation tool that can emulate Switch games. And obviously, there's the whole homebrew stuff that you can do on, on most emulators. And it, it's not all about piracy, right? We'll, we'll talk about this in a second. But Nintendo very, very aggressively very litigious company right like youtube videos get pulled down and you're like come on this was like a first look at zelda you know uh they are notorious for going after people they've put people in jail they've collected money on on things before but now they're specifically going after an emulation creator the maker of yuzu tropic haze is the company that we're talking about and this is where it gets a little weird in the past, right, Nintendo has always gone over somebody that is doing something clearly illegal, right? We've seen lawsuits and headlines of them going after people that were putting up pirated ROMs or 
putting up illegal copies of things and distributing them and and things that if you went into court you can't you don't really have a leg to stand on <laughs> saying I should be allowed to do this and Nintendo should not be able to tell me I can't do this. They've been very careful about going after the emulator creators themselves. Now they did get Steam to not allow Dolphin to go to the Steam platform, right? And I think that was more Steam backing off saying, we really don't want to be in the middle of a legal question mark on whether emulators are legal or illegal and should be allowed available on Steam. We're just not going to let them on Steam and fine. you Nintendo and Dolphin, you settle it and then come on back and let us know. Uh, right. So that one didn't get too in the weeds as far as the legal system goes. But this one is directly at Tropic Haze, the makers of the Yuzu emulator. And Nintendo is obviously claiming they're facilitating piracy at a colossal scale. Now, Nintendo's also always had that standpoint that all emulation is piracy slash illegal, right? And we have already seen that that does not hold up. By the way, when I talk about holding up or legal or not legal, I am, of course, referring to the U.S. If you're in a different country... You know, all bets are off. I don't know the laws in your country. Hell, sometimes I barely know the ones in my own. Uh, <laughs> but while Nintendo may have that viewpoint, in the United States, that's not exactly the case. Creating emulators is not illegal. Uh, there are multiple rational, reasonable, reasonable legal way reasons that you would create an emulator. And I've seen in some of the documentation over this, likening it to lockpicks, right? Obviously, somebody with nefarious motives could use lockpicks in a very illegal way. But the tools themselves have legal uses as well, right? So it comes down to the user. So yeah, I figured we'd tool. talk about this a little bit. Let's be real here. It's 99% about piracy, and this is for some, from somebody that uses Yuzu. Well, that's exactly Nintendo's standpoint. That's exactly their standpoint, because they can't go into U.S. courts and argue that the act of creating an emulator that can emulate a console that is still available, that is still selling games, which is, of course, something unique compared to previous lawsuits... They can't go in and argue creation of the emulator itself is illegal. They may feel that way, but they can't legally argue that in the United States and expect to win. There's already laws on the books, including being able to make backup copies of your own stuff here in the okay. United States. So it's an interesting lawsuit. Now, whether it actually makes it to trial or not, Troy, because this is a situation where you know Nintendo can throw a ton of money at it and the, the Tropic Haze team... Can't match that. Can't match that. So whether it just goes away or not, we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's very true. Nintendo, Nintendo is a huge company, uh, whereas emulations creators, not so much. <laughs> Even the big ones like Yuzu, uh, they're not going to be able to match You know, Nintendo's law team here. Uh, at the end of the day, though, uh, I think Nintendo does have an argument here. I think that, um, yes, it's not illegal to make the tool uh, yes, you have a right to back up your own, you know, your own software, things that you've purchased. But I agree with Takal and Chat that uh, I think a huge, vast majority of emulation is used for piracy, and I think that's where Nintendo's coming from on this, or at least legally, that's where they're going to have to come from on this in order to make a case in court. So you think they they have a case here if they stick to the line of this is which the line they're they're advertising right now that this is facil facilitating piracy on just a colossal scale. Like, they have to stick to that narrow road and prove yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think yeah, they have yeah. a case I think, if, I think they, that, if they stay in that lane? Yeah, if they stay in that lane, I think they do have a case. I think uh, I, I kind of side with Nintendo. I know it's probably might be an unpopular opinion, but I kind of side with Nintendo a little bit on this one. I think uh, there's probably plenty of folks who use them just to get free copies of games. And I think there's uh, too many folks doing that. And I think Nintendo has an argument here. It's interesting because, as Havoc said in chat, Yod, then you have to prove it, right? Right. So, so if that's going to yeah. be your argument that Yuzu facilitates piracy on a colossal scale for a system that is still available, this is a, that's a big there, difference, yeah, by the that's, way. That's, that's the line. See, I, I think it's, gonna, it's an even thinner line that they have to stick to 
not just that it facilitates piracy, but facilitates piracy to games and a system that is currently still available. Because that, that's the big thing. Because once again, we, we've seen that emulators are good with archiving uh, games that you can't get anymore. Systems like, you know, games that you Something, see by the way, on... we should point out, Nintendo still says illegal. Right, but they overlook that sometimes if they don't plan on supplying it themselves. Because that, that's the whole thing. So there's a couple ways to look at it. And first of all, first I'm going to go with the the uh, copyright and trademark area, where similar to with fan art and stuff like that, you are at the mercy of the original IP holder. When they say stop, you stop. When they say jump, you ask how high, because it's their IP. You are under their good grace to continue doing this. So... In that case, yeah, it is. It, I mean, it's not gray. It's not gray area anymore. It's clearly piracy. If you know, if they're they say no, it's clearly piracy. If they're going to overlook it because they they no longer want to support this game, like say it's some obscure game on original Nintendo, to, that was made by some company that they don't doesn't even exist anymore because it was that long ago. They don't plan on picking it back up. They don't plan on being able to supply it on your Switch, on your uh, your 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 streaming network. That you know the the um, I forget what it's called, the Nintendo Shop, where you can just yeah, you got the subscription and you know you you can play old Nintendo games, old Game Boy games. If they don't plan on supplying it there, they'll probably just overlook it if you rip the ROM and supply it to people to play because they don't plan on doing it. They don't plan on trying to make a buck off of it. But say it's a game they want to make a buck off of, say it's, you know, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, which they want to put on there and let people play. Because, you know, Ninja Turtles is still a very profitable trademark. Then you might have a problem there and they might tell you to stop. And if they tell you to stop, you better stop. Yeah. Uh, Ars Technica did what a great article on this one uh, by Kyle Orland. Uh, I would highly encourage you to read it if you're interested in this type of stuff at all, because what Kyle did was talk to a lot of the well-known creators of emulators out there, um, all kinds of different systems. And they were just talking to them about, you know, why does Sony not, you know, come after people the way Nintendo does? Like, why doesn't Sony care? Obviously they have their PS classic catalog, that they want you to play through the the PS store and everything, but you don't see headlines about Sony going after Troy, the PS2 emulator dude, right? You don't see those same headlines. Uh, what are the differences? Why is Nintendo specifically going after Yuzu? And obviously, <clears throat> one of the key points that kept coming up is that you are emulating, there's a big difference in emulating a 30-year-old system versus a current one that's actively making money. You know, there's a big difference between sticking to the old stuff. Uh, and then the new stuff. But there's also points of view expressed in this article, and I'm sorry I'm not going to source every single person that said what. <laughs> Definitely read Kyle's article for that. Uh, but there are comments in the article saying, you know, as an emulator creator, I feel like Yuzu opened themselves here a little bit. Mm -hmm. Havoc making the point in chat that, like, hey, if the emulator creator isn't telling you where to go get ROMs and stuff like that, it's on me and how I use Yuzu when I right. download it, whether I'm using it legally or illegally. Uh, but one of the filing points in Nintendo's uh, fi court filing, uh, they're relying heavily on like the get started guides in the Yuzu Discord and, and other tools where they yeah. do explain how to rip your own carts and things like that. Now, again, this starts to get into a legal gray area, Troy, where established law in the United States says you can make a backup file of your own digital media to use on another device if you want. Uh, Nintendo, of course, disagrees. They're, they're arguing in their filing that by buying the game, you're buying a single-use license for a, a particular system. I don't think that one's going to come up too much in court because they, they probably don't have much of a ground, but it's one they're going to bring up at least a little bit. And then, so uh, one developer said, I think Yuzu definitely crossed some lines when they started explaining how to actually pirate games. Another person said, I've previously experienced 
how strict most emulator communities, Discord servers, and forums are regarding copyright and piracy. So it was really weird to me that the Yuzu devs wouldn't be like that. And then they also said, if Yuzu didn't say anything about how to get decryption keys or show games that have not yet been released being emulated, which obviously requires pirating those games and are obtaining them illegally... <laughs> It wouldn't have given Nintendo a reason to sue them. I think, excuse me, emulating games which have a release date of tomorrow is not very optimal for not being sued. You don't say. <laughs> I, I love that line. Not very optimal for not being sued. That's a great line. Yeah, uh, yeah. The tool, the tool exists. Um, maybe you're not promoting it as that, but in but in a way with the discord and the forums and some of the things that you're, you're putting out there, you kind of are a little bit been promoting piracy and, and showcasing games that aren't out yet. So I think, uh, I agree with the article that they have sort of opened themselves up a little bit, uh, to something that maybe didn't exist before, uh, at least here. And that Nintendo, you know, is going to take advantage of every opportunity they get. They are known as a very litigious company. They are known as one that's going to jump on every opportunity to sue, sue, sue. So, you know, whenever you, you've got you've to walk a fine line when it comes to Nintendo. And you should know that going in. It's, it's obvious, no secret to the world that Nintendo is just waiting for an opportunity to sue people. Tears of the Kingdom is one that I keep seeing in chat. And it's one we're definitely going to talk about here uh, mm. on this show. Because it was massively available before it came out yeah it was massively available and there was also comments in these articles alluding to yuzu kind of having to feel like they need to be able to get those up and running as quick as possible because yet another reason that you attract attention on this one there is a kind of a premium version of yuzu right that you can support through their patreon and apparently they get about 30k a month or something like that so they are selling a version of the emulator so developers also felt yuzu probably drew unwelcome attention by working to emulate leaked games like the legend of zelda tears of the kingdoms even kingdom even before they were officially released a practice that took center stage in nintendo's lawsuit so, yeah, 30K per month, they're, they're getting through their Patreon campaign. So Nintendo could try to imply in court that their goal is profit-making and not the, <laughs> not yod the excuse you see a lot of. It's educational! Education. It's educational! Archival. Uh, yeah, archival. archival. I'm reverse yeah, engineering yeah. this. The mm -hmm. other portion of this that I think is interesting that was brought up... Um, Another great in, uh, article, if you want to read, is over at uh, gamesindustry.biz, written by Rob Fahey. <clears throat> Fantastic article, and he brings up another good point in here, in that Nintendo could very easily feel threatened by the Yuzu emulator, specifically. Because not only does it give access to currently available stuff, and sometimes leaked and pirated stuff, uh, Yod, but it also can do it better. Yeah. Right? It can it can, can run, run the game better than the software. Yeah. As opposed to the uh switch that is definitely not as good as that. <laughs> yeah, unlocking well, frame rates Nintendo's always performance. A, Nintendo's always a generation behind on hardware, even oh, even yeah. with the switch. Well, I mean having mm -hmm. the games on cartridge by itself immediately enables a lot more chance mm -hmm. at piracy than putting right. it on yeah. disc. Nintendo, this is something we we talked a lot on MMO Bomb's podcast yesterday about live service games. So if you want to hear that discussion, head on over to MMO Bomb and watch the latest Always Online podcast. But something we didn't really discuss there because it didn't really pertain to the way we were talking about it, Troy, is if you look, Nintendo's been very, very slow to adopt any live service type models. And there are implications in what we're talking about here with that. Right. It is single player games by their nature, leave themselves open to piracy a lot more than a game that has DRM or some type of online requirement or anything like that. Right. I'm going to be brutally yeah. honest here. I use Yuzu on my Steam Deck. I play Switch games on it. Now, I personally have the view that if I didn't buy that game, I am pirating it and I am stealing it. 
And so I do buy the games and I play them on the Switch or, or my kids, the Torchwick, will play it on the Switch after I've ripped it, right? Uh, and I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. The ROMs are exclusive to me. I'm using them on another platform. Everything I'm doing is technically protected by law, but Nintendo right. would still say I am doing illegal things pirating games. That's just their stance. The law is not mm. on their side, but that's just their stance. <laughs> yeah, I, Nintendo, uh, they, they, you know, from, the, from their point of view, everything is piracy. Uh, if you're not buying their cartridge and just putting it in their Nintendo Switch yeah. and playing it, and probably to them, you're probably pirating if you don't find some way to give them additional money. I'm a little surprised Nintendo hasn't got more into live service these days and their their online presence isn't you know up to par with with other folks and their their passes and and digital oh. downloads and things like that i'm really surprised at that as as money uh that's not the word i want to use here but as much money as they like to make i i'm actually not surprised that they don't get more online and always online stuff you know like your the other podcast always online uh -huh. <laughs> yeah but uh be because of like we've previously talked about how the playstation and the xbox and stuff they bid for highest graphics you know more action online right. library and stuff like that where nintendo's audience is different and when you go with a hybrid system of hybrid playing at home and hybrid travel you would have to build a cell phone setup into this to constantly have your uh audience be able to play it online on the go right so that doesn't work for their audience their audience is playing you know away from being connected online that that's it's actually one of the things that i got this from the wife for is when i go to my mom's house um she doesn't have wi-fi she doesn't have an internet so i gotta have something that doesn't connect to the internet to play on Troy, as somebody who doesn't console game, like you don't own any console. Like what I forget, when was the yeah. last time you actually had a console in your house? Uh PS2. The PS2 era. Yeah. So <laughs> do you emulate console games on your PC? No, I do not. You not at all. Like you've uh, never done not it at, at all. all. Nope, it, never done it at it all. Is it a moral thing, or you just don't care? You got plenty of other stuff to play, and nothing's ever struck you so much that you had to play it that you sought out. It just, or do you have like a moral thing against it, or what? Uh, a little bit of a moral thing. Mo mostly, most of the time, it's uh, I, I don't care enough to get into it and bother with it, and 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 knowing that what I'm doing is you know highly illegal. And, you know, I, I doubt that as an individual, I would ever get in serious trouble for something like that. But just something about it has always seemed like, uh, you know, yeah, these companies are not our friends. These companies are out to make money. That's all they care about is their bottom lines. But they have every right to be like that, whether we like it or not. And and stealing from, from a company like that just hasn't ever appealed to me and just uh, not something that I get involved with. What about you, Yod? Like I, I know you're more of a console person than than Troy is. You have a Switch. You have a PS5 now. And did you end up getting the Xbox X, or did you skip that one? Uh, still? No, no, I still, still skipped, skipped the, it. The so you do some I, console I am, gaming and have through the years. Have you ever emulated? I have emulated, and I am kind of leaning more towards the computer behind me at this point because of what I've been playing. And it's just a matter of the emulations that I did were more really really old games that i remember playing before that i can't get anywhere else right so it's like you know your 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 old uh top down fighter shooter games where you're a little plane and i think it's called like 1941 or something that i remember playing in the arcade wanted to play that oh 1942 um, yeah 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 1942 yeah sorry um the old original ninja turtles game like i said before i i mean i do own that game but it's at my mom's house on a Nintendo. Right. So you know, it's not like I can play it here. I don't want to drag that several states away because <laughs> I have no reason to. So I just emulated it on the computer. And it's just things like that that I remember playing that I wanted to try, you know, stick, uh, kill some time with or whatever. So I 
download an emulator, download yeah, the chat, Feel free to, I mean, if we're all going to jail, you might as well throw in what you're doing so I can, we can all go to jail together. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just let me know in chat what you're doing. Baron Vagabond says, I emulate Commodore 64 and Amiga 500. It's the nostalgia for me. So I right. kind of have like this, I don't know. Troy's going to like probably not agree with me here. Um, I kind of have this, if I own it, I have zero problem emulating it. I don't even lose sleep over it at all, right? If I own it, I got zero problem. Yeah, I agree. I paid for it already. Yeah, I've got zero problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's unavailable at all, I have Mm -hmm. zero problem emulating it. How else are you going to get it? Right. Like, if it's not even, like, you can't find it on Nintendo's online shop or the PS Classic shop or any, like, if I just, then I have no problem emulating it. Whether I own it now, owned it in the past, or have never owned it, I'm like, fuck it. Like, this is the only way I can get this unless I find that random-ass Super Nintendo Japanese cartridge. (laughs) And then I come into my Super Nintendo and I pry out those two little bricks in a north american one so that i can jam a japanese cartridge no fuck it you know whatever um i've emulated i've emulated some more obviously switch which i just talked about emulating um but i've emulated some more recent stuff too uh dolphin i've seen dolphin talked about i've seen um uh simu talked about in chat i've used all of those uh and generally I stick to games that I've purchased. I would be lying if I told you I have never played a game that I did not own and could readily buy, but I emulated it. I'd be lying to you if you if I said I didn't do it. I've done it before. Am I doing it right now, FBI? No. Wink. <laughs> Wink. 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 Uh, but particularly with the Switch... Uh, that is one that I do feel like the same way as you, Troy. Like, there's a big difference for like, do I really want to fucking track down that Wii U game? I could. <laughs> it is available yeah. at the the exchange store or on eBay for six bucks, or I could just fucking emulate it because I'm only gonna play it for a few hours just because I want the nostalgia hit, and then I'm not gonna play it and I'll delete the file anyway. Right. I've done it before. I've done it, but with the Switch, I feel like. I feel like the current gen is off limits. Like to yes. me, like the current yes, gen is off limits. I got to buy the game, support it. Otherwise they're not going to continue to make the games. Chat chiming in said to says I emulate every console up to PS3 slash 360. Tazab I simply pirated the U S versions of older games. Cause the EU versions run 20% slower. Ooh. Wow. Really? Did not know that. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, if you yeah. if you watch speed running at all, you'll see a lot of that where they use oh. either un- the United States like SNES cartridge for certain things or the Japanese cartridge, particularly for RPGs. They use the Japanese cartridge a lot because of the text scroll being a lot wow. faster in Japanese. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, to Cal said, I don't own shit. I'm just stealing. <laughs> <laughs> so we all go to jail. <laughs> Baron Vagabond. Well, I owned it. Uh, Tazeb says, OOT EU version runs at 16 FPS or something. It's a fucking slideshow. <laughs> I, I think the first time I ever knew about emulation, it actually wasn't even on a computer. It was on the Dreamcast. Yeah, a buddy of mine at the time had gotten from a buddy of his, right? It was like totally one of those, like, where do you get your weed? From a buddy, from a buddy, from a buddy. Uh, He he came over with a disc, uh, Bleem. Yeah, Uh, this wasn't Bleem, but Bleem came a little later uh, for this this topic. He came over with a disc that had every Super Nintendo game on it. Ooh, and we threw wow. it in the Dreamcast, and you could go through the menu and just play whatever SNES game you wanted. And I was nice. like, how is this even possible? <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. I know. I was you still like, have that disc. You still have that disc by chance. <laughs> no, no. I mean, speaking of systems that were, like, ripe for piracy, right? Right. Like, there was no protection on those discs. I mean, I like I said, I, I've got a Dreamcast in in the cabinets behind me by my couch, in its box with two controllers it's in its box i mean i've opened it before i've played it before but i put it all back in there everything's in that perfectly sealed you know 
Dreamcast box, and somewhere in this house, I have a spindle of games that somebody handed me at some convention. Yeah. Including a disc on top that's called the boot disc. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, the Dreamcast was, I mean, that was one yeah. of the huge flaws in it, is how just, it was so easy to pirate, and right. there was no disc protection, because they used those GD-ROMs. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could fucking buy them. Like, right. <laughs> like <laughs> you just, I just go to go to the get some CD ROMs, some GD ROMs, and go burn myself some. Mm-hmm. And every computer in that day had a CD burner. Remember, like, right. we, we all had them. Mm-hmm. We all yeah. had CD burners. Yeah, I love the Dreamcast. It's still like one of my top three favorite systems. I'm with you, Takal. Absolutely, one of my top three systems. But that was like the first time I'd ever seen something emulated, and I don't think I knew that that's what was going on at the time and then maybe a few years later when i had a better computer i'd bought a new house and everything havoc had come over and he was like hey uh, let me show you this and he showed me nesticle i I don't even (laughs) that that was like the nes emulator at the time was nesticle and uh yeah and he he was so we i was like what is this he installed it and we're like, oh my god, this is every Nintendo game. We can get every single one. This is amazing. It's probably <laughs> illegal, but it's every single one. So here's the, the final thing I want to say about this, right? And I want to throw a question to both of you, and then we'll move on to some other fun stuff and, and call it a day. We talked about Nintendo might be having a concern about things being done better, and that could be the impetus, or one of the many impetuses for this particular lawsuit. And I saw somebody, I don't know who it was, mention Napster earlier in the chat. Oh, yeah. Um, If you remember, Napster was obviously under a ton of pressure, a ton of legal pressure. But Napster really didn't disappear because of the legal pressure, right? right? iTunes and Netflix figured out a better way to do it, a more customer friendly way to do it. And they leapfrog Napster's usability, and and then the legal pressures kind of uh, hurt there too. Yuzu kind of represents, and not just Yuzu, uh, any emulator that emulates something and does it better, always represents that threat to the product. Right? When you can get a, a Rogue Ally or a Steam Deck and run Switch games <laughs> better than the <laughs> Switch does, Troy. That's a concern. Mm. That's a huge concern for the same like Napster slash iTunes Netflix reasons, where if customers have a better experience using something, one of the things mentioned in the, the article over on gamesindustry.biz was the old adapter for uh, what was it, Game Boy Advance or something like that, that let you cycle through the games and play all the games. And it was one on, on one SD card that went into a little cartridge and into your thing. Like that was a much better consumer experience. Uh, obviously that thing had to go, right? That thing has to go. And we're not talking, yeah, Takao says way better. We're not talking about, eh, it just runs it at a smoother frame rate. Like, there is nothing that my Steam Deck or my PC can't do with Yuzu that just makes, yeah, the R4 cart, thank you, on the DS, that's what it was, that just, it just runs the games better. Better frame rates, better performance, better, it's just from top to bottom, it's a better experience. And Nintendo has to do something about that. I mean, it, it, it does. and But I don't think this is it. Because one of the problems, as we've talked about, is Nintendo's hardware is always like one generation behind what's available out there. Yeah. So no matter what you do... And, and it's also a problem with, like, the current generation of uh, consoles and stuff like that. And one of the reasons why I am I am kind of leading more towards playing more stuff on the thing behind me is because I can upgrade that thing. Yeah. I can pop it open, put new parts in, and, and you know, it'll run better and faster than the PS5 over there. Yeah, and one of the articles, I, I forget which one, and I've closed them both at this point, but one of the things that they, they also talked about was, to your point... It's just easier. It's just easier to do it to Nintendo Mm -hmm. stuff, right? If you think back to your your PlayStation 5 and your Xbox, 
That shit is insanely hard to emulate. We're still having challenges with PS3 and beyond as far as emulation goes on, on high-end PCs. There are still huge challenges with getting those emulators to function for all games or even a portion, right. a big portion of the games. Uh, and, and even the consoles themselves, right? <laughs> to drop the ROMs, I am using a jailbroken version one Switch. I'm using its own hardware right. to rip the ROM. <laughs> Right. When I'm using Yuzu, it's right here. It's right here. Mm -hmm. The only thing this does is rip ROMs for me. It's an it's a two hundred plus dollar Nintendo Switch that I will never play, ever, <laughs> ever. I'm doing it with their own shit, their own stuff. Could you imagine? Like, think back when you modified or you wanted to play like imported games or stuff like that on your Playstations and stuff like that. You needed to know a, a dude that soldered and wasn't going to break your shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> you, had, you had to, like, chip off some piece of plastic. Yeah, that was the SNES, thing. yeah. The, the North American SNES was an easy mod. You just had to rip out two little squares of plastic. Right. But, like, you know, your PlayStation 1, you, you, had to oh, put, yeah. you had to put the thing in the back, and somebody had to put a mod chip inside it and solder yeah. it and stuff. Like, you don't have to do that. It's downloading the games for me. <laughs> it's, right. it's doing it itself. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is a little. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yes, I, I appreciate Nintendo for wanting to keep their console a little less expensive than the, you know, other their competitors out there. It's nice of them to do. But at a certain point, it makes your personal equipment not as competitive in spec-wise. Well, ironically, this also goes back to another discussion we've had here multiple times, particularly with you, Troy, being not a console player. There would be less of an interest in emulating if they weren't tied to the Switch and only the Switch. If there were a very, PC very port, true. if there were a PC port of a Mario game, yeah, I mean, obviously you're still gonna have pirates are gonna pirate, right? Like I'm not saying mm -hmm. making it available <laughs> available is gonna shut that down, but it, Troy right now is in the type of position that if he really, really, really wanted to play uh, the Super Mario RPG remake, he either buys a Switch or he pirates it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Where right. if there was a PC version available. Troy would buy it nine out of ten right. times, if not ten out of ten times, right? And that, that's yeah, like absolutely. Like you look at Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, uh, Nintendo. You would have had money from me uh, if it was available on on PC. So here's the final question: A, does this go to court, Troy? Does it actually see the inside of a courtroom? And B, whether or not it sees the inside of a courtroom, does Nintendo win here? And so I'm going to give you the option of if Yuzu, you know, just bailed on it or settled, that would be a Nintendo win. I don't know that this actually makes it into into court. Um, I could see I could see a settlement uh, in in this scenario here. Yad, I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Troy. I just I just think that. Uh, Especially in in U.S. courts, I think I think Nintendo does have an argument here, but I think they would have a hard time arguing everything that they want to argue, uh, just based on you know case law in the United States and and the way things are established now with emulators as a tool. Yod. Yeah, I don't think it's going to court. Um, I think there there probably will be a settlement, and Yuzu might be squashed, mostly because it is a current gen system that they're ripping off of it's still commercially available yeah that's the kicker if if you and and on top of that like we like uh troy said before their discord and all that stuff is promoting how to do this with games that have not been released yet if they just went here's our software do with it as you will then they wouldn't have as much of a case. But because of all that, I think Nintendo does have a case, but it won't go to court because Yuzu can't afford <laughs> those court payments. 
Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Yuzu has made mistakes in making itself a little more more vulnerable than most emulator makers. I think we can all agree on that, right? Mm -hmm. The whole Patreon for the premium version thing, the whole very clear guides. While they didn't tell you where to get ROMs or anything like that, there were very clear guides. I didn't learn how to do this from a Yuzu guide. I'll tell you that. I actually learned from a Linus Tech Tips video. Um, <laughs> but is he making money off of it? Uh, well, I mean, it's got ads. Um, <laughs> I think the name of the video, by the way, was something like, Nintendo, we dare you to take this down. Because they yeah. used no Nintendo footage in it and stuff like right. that. Uh, but anyway. See, they're, they're, that's where they got them. I think Yuzu's left himself a little more exposed than most emulator creators have. I think that does put them in a precarious spot here where Nintendo does have a legal standing to challenge. Yes. I think, unfortunately for Nintendo, if it, did, if it did see the inside of a courtroom, it comes down to you have to prove that this promotes piracy, um, that that's this main purpose. You, you throw away the educational argument. You throw away the historical archiving and backupping argument. You throw away all of that stuff because you can't make it. You're already going to lose those. That's already established law, um, which I think makes it a little challenging for Nintendo. But Yuzu certainly made it a little easier <laughs> by right. supplying the like the very in-depth documentation on how to do certain things. I don't think it sees a courtroom for simply the reason that I don't think Yuzu can afford for it to see a courtroom. I don't think emulator creators... I don't think Nintendo wants... Uh, not emulator creators. I don't think Nintendo wants to see this to see the inside of a courtroom either. Because I feel no. like there's some answers that a court would give that Nintendo's not going to like. Right. But Nintendo has the bankroll to threaten. Right. Nintendo has the bankroll. not. To just make the to just bury Yuzu and any lawyers they hire in paperwork, and mm -hmm. Nintendo certainly doesn't want to go to court and lose on a certain point or two, and then mm -hmm. not be able to be as litigious in the future right. because they've already lost. They don't want any precedent sets. Um, so I think both parties have an interest for this not to make it to a courtroom. Nintendo certainly has the money to draw it out and force Yuzu to try and settle this out of court. What does it right. mean after the fact? I don't know. I mean, obviously, it means that Yuzu will still be available. You'll still be able to find it. You'll still be able to get it. Uh, mm -hmm. But it'll be very, like, underground, like a lot of other emulators are already. Uh, like, like, most are, like most emulators <laughs> are. They're a little more underground. you got to know where to get them type thing. Yeah. So, uh, chat, Havoc saying, if they were smart, they would buy it, and then it's part of Nintendo's garden. Uh, hmm. In my mind, that would happen after a settlement. You don't right. do it ahead of a settlement because then you set a precedent on, we might be interested in buying you if you could do some really cool things with our shit. Like, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> it, it would have to be really after. cool shit yeah. for them to do that. Um, Takao says, I think they do. You're forgetting how the top court in the land structured these days. Very pro-business. It doesn't matter. The Supreme Court can't overturn... Uh, I saw your thing about Roe v. Wade earlier. You got to understand that <laughs> the overturning of Roe v. Wade at the Supreme Court, while absolutely wrong, was not made on the basis of being pro or anti-abortion. Like, that was not the point. They made the, somebody, They were making the argument that it was the state's rights to do this, and the Supreme Court sent it back to the states. You're not going to get a copyright law that's been the law of the land for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades going to the Supreme Court and then all of a sudden getting overturned because you think the Supreme Court is pro-business. By the way, this isn't even a U.S. business. Uh, you're, right. you're not. I will absolutely bet you. Uh, one, right. this so, will never be a Supreme Court argument. Right. Ever. So it, this this isn't a lot of what they're dealing with isn't a a precedent set in court like Roe v. Wade was it is actual laws in the books correct roe v wade was not a law right which they, <laughs> it they was a it, previous court decision yeah. <laughs> right which which they shouldn't have let it sit for but that's not neither here nor there we're right. not here to talk about right right, right. the the copyright law trademark law are literal laws 
they're not they're not decisions made by a court that set a precedent. Right. And then yeah. so the only jurisdiction the Supreme Court has on those to Cal when it's actually been established law passed by the House and the Senate and signed by the president. The only challenge you have at the Supreme Court is whether it's constitutional or not. Right. And you're not going to nobody's going to make the copyright argument saying it's it's not constitutional. Uh, so one, right. it'll never make it to the Supreme Court ever. I I barely think this will see the inside of a courtroom. And I think there's yeah. just too many of those subset of questions that Nintendo doesn't actually want answered. They just want to be able to threaten. So they're going to right. stand on their legal ground of you're promoting piracy to a crazy extent and we can prove it. Everything right. else that we know Nintendo feels, they're going to leave outside the door because they don't want right. yeses and nos on that because they they have a feeling most of those answers are going to be no. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and they want to be able to still scare people into doing, oh, yeah. you know, what they want. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Let us know how you feel about emulation <laughs> in the comments below. If you want to leave it under an alias, go ahead and leave it under an alias. <laughs> <laughs> As all good emulation and piracy should be. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yuzu user one seven five four nine says. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, so EA obviously had some layoffs. I had mentioned yeah, that at the God. top of the show. I don't really want to get into a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to say in one of the statements uh, from Laura Mille, the president of EA Entertainment and Technology, uh, she mentioned a couple different things like mobile, Battlefield, stuff like that. The one I thought that was interesting and I would bring here was the statement on Respawn. Uh, because in that statement, they talk about Star Wars. As we've looked at Respawn's portfolio of the last few months what's clear is the games our players are most excited about are jedi and respawn's rich library of owned brands knowing this we have decided to pivot away from early development on a star wars first person shooter action game to focus our efforts on new projects based on our own brands while providing support for existing games it's always hard to walk away from a project and this decision is not a reflection of the team's talent, tenacity, or passion that they have for the game. Giving fans the next installment of the iconic franchises they want is the definition of blockbuster storytelling and the right place to focus. So, Troy, that Star Wars FPS, that's out because apparently we're going to focus on our own brands and give you a little more Jedi games. Uh, it makes a lot of sense uh, if you think about it, because first-person shooter games, you know, there, there, there's a huge audience for those. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like there's not an audience for them, but you've seen the success of the Jedi games and, and how those can do for you, and you've you've got to pay that licensing fee every time you produce one of these. So <laughs> why not why not go with what's been working here lately, and especially with a with a company like Respawn who's done so well with with like the Jedi games, I think. Um, stick with what they're strong with. Uh, it's something we don't. We, we've seen so many companies. Now here, now here we go. I, I'm going to say this, and then they go live service with the next. <laughs> game. <laughs> but we've seen so many companies do things that's not their strengths. That it's good to see, at least for the time being, what sounds like a, a publisher letting a company stick to its strengths. Yeah, not like exact. Right. EA has the best tracker record with Star say, Wars, it, anyway. It, it, it's <laughs> yeah. EA, it's the last shooter they did with EA. <laughs> you know? I still haven't played the sequel to Jedi, uh, Fall, Jedi Fallen, Fallen Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, Fallen, Fallen Order, Jedi, Jedi Falls, Fall, stubs the toe on Lego, what, whatever the hell it's called, whatever the hell. It's called. I haven't played the sequel yet, uh, but Jedi I did. Falls I did enjoy the paper. original. Torchwick and I both liked the original. We were like, you know what? This is Demon Souls enough with a Star Wars skin. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all for this. Uh, other news, Yod, Embracer Group, right? They've just been laying things off and closing studios left and right after their $2 billion deal uh, fell through, whatever, a year and a half or so ago. They've just been trying to recover. Uh, Gearbox. On fire. Yeah, it's the gaming world is absolutely on fire. It's not sustainable. It is not sustainable. The but profits they, you had during COVID were not sustainable. <laughs> See, that's just it. All, all the all the projections they've been used they have used in the past couple of years are from COVID. They they keep yep. thinking that it's just constantly going to keep climbing in profits, double from last year, double from last year. No, 
Everybody's infinite growth, baby. World. Infinite growth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> infinite growth. <laughs> infinite growth. Uh, so yeah, Embracer Group. Uh, rumors are, according to a number of reports, that Borderlands developer Gearbox is potentially going to break off from Embracer. Troy, where I'm really interested to see where that goes, right? Because Gearbox was its own thing for a long time. We were kind of surprised that they got snapped up by Embracer way back when. Uh, mm -hmm. But what was even more surprising from our side on the MMO bomb side was that Perfect World, right, and Cryptic Studios got yeah. snapped up by Embracer, and then they funneled them under Gearbox. So if Gearbox splits... Ooh. Like, where do they go? Is it does Embracer hold the ownership of Cryptic Studios and Perfect World? Which, by the way, they released a statement saying, "Yeah, we're totally fine on our content cadence." I'm sure you are. Um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a do they go with mom or do they go with dad situation, Yad? <laughs> like in, uh, yeah. in, in the divorce. That that is a a good question. I guess we'll just have to see what happens with that one because I have no idea how that works. Um, yeah, my my guess would be they if they're looking to divest as many things as they're looking to at the moment, that that probably probably perfect world cryptic all that probably goes with Gearbox somewhere. Yeah, but it's not Gearbox that owns them. Know, they just report to Gearbox, right? But if they're looking to divest everything, they're they're or not everything, but so many things, I I would bet those MMOs are on the table as well for divestment. Now, do they sell them separately? Could they sell them separately? Yes. Maybe. Could they offer them in a bundle with Gearbox? <laughs> they could do that too. Let Let me hand you the Gearbox value meal. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Gearbox, Borderlands creator. By the way, they got a new movie coming out. You might not want to, you know, may want to hear about. And I'm going to give you this side order of Neverwinter <laughs> fries and the Star Trek Online Coke. Uh, Embracer Group also rumored to be looking to funnel off in a $500 million deal, Saber Interactive. And if you don't remember who Saber Interactive is, they're the ones working on the Star Wars The Knights of the Old Republic remake. <laughs> oh, yes. So Bloomberg like, like reports... That needed more turbulence. Right. It already changed developers once, right? Uh, Bloomberg yeah. reports that this sale is another effort for Embracer to cut costs alongside studio closures and layoffs after a planned $2 billion deal with Saudi Arabia-backed Savvy Games Group fell through in 2023. The publication writes, one of its sources says the $500 million deal comes with the option for Saber Interactive to bring with it multiple Embracer subsidiaries as well. So that's one where Bloomberg says they are trying to give somebody the, the Wombo Combo deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to throw in a Lord of the Rings online for you. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Uh, I've also Divide seen rumors on that one, although not, uh, not for sure yet, uh, that Sabre may work a deal with an investor to by itself, uh, which could be interesting, but just a rumor. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yad, are you ever going to get to play a Star Wars, the Knights of the Old Republic remake? No. No. Never. Davik <laughs> <laughs> said it's the Gearbox Humble Bundle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Toss-up says, uh, cough, please embrace or sell the Amular IP cough. What? I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, 39 studios. I missed reporting on you. How's Rhode Ooh. Island doing these days? Um, in other news, Rockstar Games is canceling all remote work. And they're making everybody return to the office five days a week, beginning in April. They got a month. They got a and month. They got them. They got themselves wow. a good excuse for that now, don't they? Yeah, they certainly did. In an email to staff on Wednesday, reviewed by Bloomberg, Rockstar head of publishing Jen Colby said the decision was made for productivity and security reasons. The companies had several security breaches, including a massive dump of early footage from GTA Six and an early trailer that leaked in December. And they also said in the email that they feel the company has found tangible benefits from in-person work. Making these changes now puts us in the best position to deliver the next Grand Theft Auto at the level of quality and polish we know it requires, along with a publishing roadmap that matches the scale and ambition of the game. 
Yeah, Troy. I mean, you said it first, uh, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right to you there. They were like, "Yeah, we got it. We got a perfect excuse now." Which is what it was, because we're gonna pretend like the stuff doesn't leak when everybody's working inside of your offices. Like we've never received Grand Theft Auto leaks before or anything like that, especially from freaking Rockstar. Man, their stuff leaks constantly. They've got security issues inside their offices as well as remote workers this is nothing new for them and it's not the first time we've seen anything like this from them do these morons to cal saying this 38 did i say something other than 38 did i say 39 it's 38 studios uh do these morons think that the video game industry was invented in 2020 look up any constantly regurgitated best games of all time list and the vast majority of those were made long before work from home was a thing look i get it you want to be able to play dota while on the clock but history has proven that employees being in the office daily does not result in bad games. Uh, unless we're calling SMB, OOT, Halo 2, Half-Life, FF7, and Mass Effect 2 bad games, y'all can miss me with that BS. I I'm not really sure which way you're leaning here, actually. Are you saying that they should be in the office? Because, no, I'm sorry. In this day and age, no. there's no reason to have 100% of your staff in an audience beside in an office besides you're paying for a lease. Yeah, you're paying for an office, and you your middle managers want something, someone to breathe down the neck of. Now, I'm and, also and, not one of those people that believes that everybody can work remotely either. Right. Like there, there, there that's are not a, that's people not, that need. Yeah. yeah, there are certain people that need someone there watching over them. I'm not saying that you know everybody can work remotely, but some people do tend to work better remotely when they don't have someone breathing down their neck because they can think clearer. Oh, oh, okay. So you left an A-bomb on the other show against workers talking about being in office means worse games. Yeah, I don't ascribe to that argument yeah. either. But I also don't ascribe yeah. to the executive's argument that everybody in the office equals a better game. Like, I right. think both of those arguments are total trash. Both, right. uh, not, yeah. I, well, not trash. I would call them flat-out red herrings. They, they have nothing yeah. to do with the, the quality of a game has nothing to do with whether we were all in the office together or not. Agreed. Right. There's just there's so much work that goes into one of these things, and a lot of it is a person sitting in front of a computer doing their job. And the amount of concentration they need to do that job doesn't necessarily mean they have to be in the office doing it. They could be in a home office, like what I have my command center sitting over here, <laughs> and concentrating there if you know no other distractions going on. No manager coming over uh, to you going, so, hey, um, did you put the new cover sheet on the TPS report? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a lot of a lot of this type of work, and I, I'm in software development, right? A lot of this type of work is very project date completion type work. Mm -hmm. Like, I have worked from home for this November will be 14 years that I have worked 100% remotely. Prior to that, I had a job where one... Uh, three weeks of the month, I was traveling to do training at different places. And then one week of the month, I worked home. So technically, that was remote, but fully remote. <laughs> I've been for 14 years now. And software design is uh, is very project completion date oriented. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter to my employers in most cases if I do it at 2 in the afternoon to 10 in the evening, if I do it from 5 in the evening till 3 in the morning, if I do it from nine in the morning to five in the afternoon, uh, as long as everything's done by July 22nd and, and you meet, you know, you have your conference calls in between so you can show off demos and stuff like they, they don't care. A lot of game development can be that way. Like Yod, what you do is a perfect fucking example, right? You would cr be creating right. assets, creating right. art assets. And we need these 10 characters that we've given you full concepts for, designed in five different poses by February 20th. Cool. Right. Okay. Right. Like the, you, you sitting in an office doing that is zero difference from doing right. it at home. If you don't have it by February 20th, your ass is grass, no matter where you were at. That said, right. there are some other jobs in this industry where that's, it is more appropriate to have them in the office. So mm. a hybrid workforce is the way to go. The problem is because they weren't set up for hybrid workforces to begin with, <laughs> they've got the companies all have all this stupid fucking real estate with long-term leases 
that they want to get their people back in to make sense of having that lease. Anyway. Yeah. Once again, but you would, you would rather lay off people than cut them leases. Well, it's those not have even penalties, baby. Off. Well, it's not even laying off people. It's laying off the wrong people. <laughs> in my opinion, because I mean, there's there's so many middle management people that their entire job while people were in the office was to watch over other people. Like they didn't actually do anything; they just watched over a team. Yeah, and, if that and, and I mean, getting team, rid of a lease is not an option, right? There's there are penalties right. and shit that go with that. So I I oh, do yeah. understand why they're reticent to do so. Uh, but when it comes time to renew that lease. That should definitely be something you're thinking about, being a hybrid well, yeah. workforce, you know, not trying to just, mm -hmm. yeah, re-up it. Well, anyway, but real yeah, estate, those... baby, real yeah. estate. Yeah. <laughs> the The problem is, by the way, those companies, particularly like even in my own city, Pittsburgh, the city of Pittsburgh is giving tremendous cuts for businesses to put their offices in downtown Pittsburgh and force their staff to come in. Right. Because downtown Pittsburgh is becoming a bit of a ghost town in certain mm -hmm. areas post-COVID because right. the companies didn't come back. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is incentive for companies to get into that space, but then that makes the companies say, hey, you got to come into work. So it's kind of a you know, yeah. city economy, businesses. It's a whole mm -hmm. whole deal. The whole thing. Uh, two yeah. quickies here. Uh, Toys for Bob is splitting off from Activision. Uh, they okay. did some work on Crash Bandicoot 4 and the Spyro Reignited trilogy, so they're going to go work on their own thing, and they may even have a partnership with Microsoft still, but they're getting out from under Activision. Mm -hmm. uh, that's gone. And this is like my, oh, I love this news for the for this week. I love this news. No, I don't want to show Zelda again. <laughs> I want to show Zelda. But it's Zelda. Control, one of my favorite games Ooh. in modern times here so far. Control's developer, Remedy, has reclaimed ownership of the IP from 505 Games. Oh, yeah, you posted about that. <laughs> Remedy, who most recently released Alan Wake 2, acquired full rights for the series for the sum of 17 million euro. This includes rights to not only the original game, but also the in-development sequel and multiplayer spinoff. I'm very happy, very happy. 505 is having its own, you know, troubles and layoffs and finance stuff right now. So they were probably yeah. very, uh, very eager to go ahead and pick up, you know, 17 million euro <laughs> or pounds or whatever. Yeah, let, me, let me just get them 17 yeah. million euros, please. <laughs> I, I do hope this goes well for the company. I do too. And that it is a good boon. But as I said in chat, it gives me so many vibes of when Bungie went independent and it was like, we're finally away from Activision. And then we find out management was the issue all along. Uh, <laughs> so, by the way, they, they're not sure whether they're going to self-publish or seek out another publishing partner for these future games yet. So that'll still be determined later. But they have full control of those IPs now. Uh, let's head over and do Games of the Week. Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are about to recommend a game to you. It could be a video game, board game, mobile game, TCG, whatever we're playing now, have played in the past or never played, but think you should check out. And you let us know in the comments below after you're done telling us what you've been emulating lately. Who gave the best recommendation? Yod, you're up. I'm going to go with the obvious Helldivers 2 because the more I hear about it, the more I like the company that created it and the yeah. more the game looks like fun so i think i'm gonna buy it this week oh all right what you got troy i'm going with this uh monstrosity behind me here this is the firefly 10th anniversary edition so i it saw that when we started the show and i almost said something but uh, because it's fucking awesome uh but i was almost like i want to say something but i'm pretty sure that's going to be his game of the week so i'm not going to point it out i'm just going to let it sit in the background go ahead man yep yeah that's what it is it's just sitting in the background i have this fancy shelf now to display my game of the week on instead of trying to hold it up here in the camera but yeah it, it's a huge kickstarter uh the, the game is humongous um if you can't pick up the 10th anniversary edition, I understand because it's it's rather expensive, but it does come with all the expansions and everything that ever came with the game. But you can still get the the base game of the Firefly board game. And it's a pick up and deliver game uh, where you're flying across the verse in your little Firefly ships. 
and uh, you get to choose your captain, choose your ship, and they all have sort of asymmetric powers, and you pick up and deliver, and you're fulfilling contracts across the verse, to, and there's different goals. There's all kinds of different goals. The, the game is different every time because you've got to accomplish different things every time. It's not about just who has the most money or who always gets somewhere first. It's about doing different things every time you play the game. So it's a it's a game that I've had a lot of fun with. Uh, probably a probably a seven point five or an eight out of ten for me. So Firefly the board game. Torchwick already googling it. I am sure. Uh, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and recommend. Come on, uh, really? It's Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I, do I need to say more? <laughs> Chat, don't go anywhere after the show here. We've got Torchwick coming live with some Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Oh, no. It's OG Final Fantasy VII. There What's up, go. Torchwick? How are you? I've never even seen Firefly. You What? Oh, my God. I have okay. watched Firefly okay. so many times. How have you not accidentally been in the room when it's when I'm watching that? Oh. Or, or um, what, Serendipity? serendipity that's that's a rom-com <laughs> and a with john cusack in it of all things um, <laughs> you've never you've never seen no it. i'm no oh, you would no, love I, I know Firefly. it's like you know legendary one season show and then they canceled it for no reason and tie-in movie or whatever but yeah that's no, serenity. i've never seen it that's serenity yeah little meepo okay. saying say what <laughs> it's such a good show yeah you absolutely have to watch it i'm a failure as a father that you haven't seen it i'm, an absolute I'm glad you've established that live what are you playing tonight? now then Final fantasy seven <laughs> where are you in this damn game um we're we got bugenhagen this this guy from cosmo canyon on our airship and it's one of my favorite him. words to say bugenhagen. it is a good word bugenhagen bugenhagen um and we got to take him to the City of the Ancients, but we've also been doing a whole lot of side content. Well, I say we. I've been doing a lot of it while this podcast was going, because I don't want to drag this on any longer than it has to. <laughs> so I've got a lot of chocobo business and farming for AP and experience. And nice. Give us a few minutes a to re relabel everything, chat, and the Torchwick will be right back up. We'll, of course, be back next week with another episode of Gaming Gumbo, right? I'm checking my dates. Yeah, we'll be here on the 9th. We'll be here on the 16th, not on the 23rd. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, don't go anywhere. Torchwick will be up. We'll be back next week. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Artworks on the socials. Otakudomcomic.com every Friday. And right here on Gaming Gumbo for most weekends, I think. <laughs> Troy. Uh, everything I do social-wise is at Noob Fridge. Easy enough. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man 1. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O. And you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, some Final Fantasy trading card games, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.